the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. And now it's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Be She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Mecca, Shane Madison. Madison. Jealousy is something that the Mecca Shane Madison has had to deal with my entire life. It doesn't matter! Because I guarantee that the Mecca will win. And producer Chris. He's just a money-making machine, that guy. As somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other adventures. The guy is a mogul. And now, she's wrestling. She's wrestling. If we ever rename this podcast and change the format, we could become the Primo's Wrestling Podcast. We really could, because it's all we ever talk about. It's amazing. After Adam Knight slapped a fan, I went on and on and on and on about that. And on and on. Yeah. I could, I would have run out of things to say about Primos about three weeks ago. If Graham Keem wasn't his own worst enemy, this week takes the cake. The guy has, at one point, he... So much has happened, I don't even remember. Let's go through it chronologically, because I, because I don't want to, he might send a, he might sue us (laughs) if we get it wrong. So I want to get, I want to get it right. (laughs) Producer Chris, Mecca Shane Madison... I'm Mike Davidson. Episode it's 70. Episode 70. It feels like a milestone. Wow. The Mike Davidson talk show. Yes. So <laughs> this got created a few weeks back when he decided he was going to boldly proclaim he is not the number three company in Winnipeg. He almost was no longer a company in Winnipeg this week. It started with the dumbest of dumb things that this guy did. He went on the internet and claimed falsely and easily proven to be false that he just wrestled a tag team match as the partner of Marty Skrull. Now, he had booked that match and either got cold feet or got told, do not, we're not doing that match. Mm -hmm. Somehow that match never happened. But and he also said Maurice Skrull is, quote-unquote, one of his best friends now, too. That must mean you have no best friends if in the span of dealing with somebody over wrestling for the span of... Three days. Yeah. Best well, friends. We might have been a month of negotiating. That's a dubious honor to be friends that with would Marty be Skrull, like though. Me saying, <laughs> that would be like me saying... Your best friends with Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, because I yeah I, I negotiated <laughs> with him once, had him in for one weekend. Best friends. Best friends. Give him a call. Yeah, well, he's forgotten about me, but we were best friends. <laughs> All right, so let's dissect that. It's a lie. Then he put out there that he was trying, what was it? He was trying to defend Marty. Then he said he was trying to get followers. And a few wrestlers contacted Marty to alert Marty that, hey, did you know this guy is saying he's your best friend? He was in a tag team match. How did that go? Not well. (laughs) Tell me how bad. Just He's like, just distanced himself. Distancing himself far, far if away. If they're best friends, Marty will be back, even though he's canceled. Of course. Well, I think he just Marty Skrull just signed with AAA. Listen, I think Marty Skrull coming back. What is going to happen first? Marty Skrull coming back or WPW booking Tyrus? God. Oh. <laughs> well. Okay. <laughs> so the fallout of this is such a knob. Anyway, sorry. So the <laughs> fallout of the lie, and it was a lie because yep. he did not team with the man. Nope. Was the team impact was disgusted? Yes, and publicly quit. 
So he mm. lost his best tag team. Now, do you think they're going to hold themselves to that? Or do you think now that shows are apparently back on? Well, let's we're, that's cooler the heads next have prevailed. Step. That's the next okay, step. So we'll don't jump. There. Don't don't jump the fence. <laughs> I think personally, just like uh, Primo's Graham Keem looks silly. It, Team Impact might look silly if they all of a sudden say, okay, well, we're going to go back because we don't want to miss that show with Flip Gordon. I don't think it works either way. I think Team Impact's done. They weren't the only two wrestlers that were kind of insulted. I heard from one guy on the roster who I would say is very qualified guy on the roster, and he was like, he just was not impressed. He yeah. just he was the guy who tipped me off initially before I saw the Team Impact thing. So the next day what happens after Team Impact publicly quits and calls him out on it is Graham Keem takes to the internet, emotionally obviously, in an emotional outburst, to say, we're canceling all of our shows. We're done. Effective yeah. immediately. Effective immediately. Yeah. All, all f- current and future dates are canceled. Now, I've heard from a source that... He, Graham may be looking for a way out because the quote was the well was running dry. Yeah, and then I've heard how that well is, and we're not going to say that. But right, but he lost that's a lot. speculation. I right, think. it is, but he's lost. Apparently, he lost a lot of money on those shows with Skrull. Yeah, he told me. a wrestler at payoff time when he shorted them initially, and they were frustrated. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much money I lost on this tour? Which is always a bad sign. Not the rest but of the But the thing is, we like, buy it. in buy it. fairness to Marty Skrull, or no, sorry, not to Marty Skrull, to Graham Keem. Yes. You're a promoter. You're going to lose as many times as you make. If you're going to try to bring in a name in the middle of August and run a tour, you're going to lose money. On a long weekend. Yeah. With a canceled guy. How are you going to do that in a venue that only holds 100? You are stacking the deck against yourself, pal. Well, maybe that's why you can sponsor a wrestler now. Well, we're going to get to that. You keep jumping ahead on me. No, you. no, I'm just dropping the little hints. So he cancels <laughs> his shows. Then I contact him and I'm like, hey, it's very confusing what's going on. I saw that. Can I get a, can you Official give me a public release, like a press release? Yeah, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'm just camping right now. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to deal with this while I'm camping? I think he said. He's roasting marshmallows, making s'mores. Just angrily roasting marshmallows. I don't think he was angry at this point. I think he was wishing he hadn't publicly said he was out. Yeah. Then the next day he releases a statement he's not out and that it's speculation. He's, he basically accused us of rumor mongering when we were uh, he, taking his own words. He accused us? Basically, he was saying like the rumors aren't true and he kind of sent a, I think, it, I can't remember how he said it. He it said, was a text message to somebody basically saying he was trying to work somebody, work the work the marks. The get, only get, mark get, getting worked here is him. Get pro, get. Hits for his promotion, it backfired. Oh my god! I, I that's sent, a, that's I sent you he, that text. Yeah, that. But what he was talking about with that was what he's saying about Marty Skrull. He was not saying that oh. this whole "I'm canceling all my shows" mm. is a work on anybody. But he said that we were that there was rumor mongering. No, 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 no. You got pissy and moany that your guys were mad at you for looking like a complete. You have no credibility. And nobody looks at you with any integrity when they can catch you outright lying over something so trivial. No leadership. It's one thing if you lie about the financial status of your company, because you have a right to be private about that. And it's one thing to say, hey, listen, we're not, we're not in financial, we're not having financial trouble. We've got it figured out. We have a plan. And even if you don't have a plan, that isn't so bad. That's called doing business. But to be caught claiming and he posted a picture with marty Skrull claiming that they were tagged yes (laughs) definitely insinuating that this was right before they stepped out through the curtain yeah 
<laughs> so good. Okay. This writes its I, endless content. I like Graham Keem. <laughs> so I what? say it every week. I don't know him, but I'm sure he's a great guy. But he did, tries hard. He has no business running a wrestling company. You have to have credibility because as a booker and a promoter, you're already looked at as lacking lacking integrity or not trustworthy. But that's why his guys are overpaid and they can soak him for more money than what they get paid anywhere else too. Yeah. They do that. I know that happens. Yeah. So he's back in business and the only difference is the show's going to be an hour later, he says. TJ Bratt will be happy because he was really going to town on I the- heard a rumor that TJ Bratt, I may... I can't confirm it, but I can say reliably that TJ Bratt was frustrated to hear that, that Graham was going to go out of business. And I wants us to stick it to those CWE guys is what, is what the quote that I was, you, you, you have to stay around so you can stick it to those CWE guys. See, and so <laughs> here it is for, this would be anybody calling Graham right now. Actually, uh, here's what I do know. TJ Bratt thought it was nothing for anyone to get worked up about. Now, let me tell you something. When I was Booker promoter and TJ Bratt was a wrestler, if he was wrestling for me and I got caught lying over something so stupid, he would have been the loudest person questioning my integrity. And he would have been rightfully so to do it. Mm -hmm. So for him to say, nobody should be mad about this. Wait a second. You're outing, you outed yourself as being a pathetic liar. Because that's what you were. And I'm sorry, Graham, but it's true. He would be far better to come out and publicly say, I'm prepared to go on B. She's wrestling. And I'm prepared to, I'm going to walk on glass as they grill me over the bad decisions I've made. And you know what? He might be, if he's a good debater, he might be able to come out of that stronger. A master debater. (laughs) (laughs) But he won't do that. Because he he blocked me two weeks ago, and it wouldn't even be like a TJ, debate. It would be just a conversation. Yeah, how about please you, walk us through your thought, your thought process. process? Yeah, that's all it is. The other thing that's very true about Graham is he doesn't have what it takes to be a promoter. Let me tell you, I went into promoter wars with Bobby J. Actually, before when I was booking for Bobby, we were at war with Ernie. When I booked for Wayne, he was declaring war with Ernie. When I took over PCW, it was at war with Bobby. When and AW, Ernie. Yeah, when AWE started, well, Ernie was staying out of it. But when I started AWE, Andrew was very mad. Uh, mm-hmm. And all the time, you become a lightning rod and a human pinata. And people want you to fail. And they will take their shot. So I can relate to Graham that it's not an easy place. But it's a lot different now, and the guys don't screw around unless you give them something to screw with. Mm -hmm. And he serves it up on a platter. So what I'm going to say right now, three easy steps. If I was Graham Keem. The top three things he would do. What I would Moving forward, yes. And what should he do? Free advice. TJ Brat, sign him on. No, please no. (laughs) Number one, get a respectable venue and build from there. And that if that caught, if, if you're going to invest money in your company right now, you're investing in the credibility of that venue. Here are some ideas. I would look at doing Red River X Park. They have a facility there. It's large. He has a relationship with the Red River X. And I used to think you can't get people to go there, but then Rob Stardom did it with Assiniboia Downs, which is right next door. Who also has a show wrestling for a cause this weekend. Yeah, as yeah. part of their night market. Which I didn't even know that was a th- that was happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's some of the crew is 
you know, questionable. Okay. Mm, mm. Is Jaron Rose on that show, Chris? I I'm not sure. I'm Usually not, he shows up. Probably. Yeah, he was on the All right. That's how one. that's all I have to say about Who's getting the lifetime achievement award? Nobody, this show? I don't th- Chris? I don't know. I'm You're not, due for you, a lifetime achievement award. I should. Yes, so I should do that. Number I'm start one, politicking for yeah. that. Number one, get a venue. Maybe it's Cowboys if you want an adult only venue, although I know the manager of Cowboys and I don't know that Graham would be able to make Matt believe that it's worth his time to even look at. So Red River Axe or Cowboys. Um, Somewhere you can call home. That's what WPW and it's got it, yeah, done, and right? It, exactly. Would w, take the WPW model of building from the West End Cultural Center out. Find your venue. Don't make it something where people are like, I've never been there. I've never heard of it. Or I've heard of it. And I've never wanted to go there. What about like the Park Theater or something like that? Yeah, I've always heard that would be a good venue based on location. I've always heard there's something with that floor. They flattened it recently, but somebody told me it's still hmm. very like it, it, it used to be super like tilted, like but it, it's it's still pretty sloped. You'd have a difficult time having recently them. since they did the Reno. May, I might they, I may be wrong. I, I have, think they tried to flatten it with the Reno, but I've heard I haven't been for a couple it's, years. Yeah, it's been two years. I can't remember who told me that. Somebody told me that. Yeah, but that would be an, an idea somewhere along. Find a venue. That line. Find a venue. Yeah, that's a great. And venue if you too. lose money. If you're going to lose money, lose money doing something credible, like building out of a venue and like not doubles, not right. like get a real venue. What's number two? Number two, hand the book off to somebody who's credible, who's going to have complete say on what you're putting out there to the fans. So Graham has lost the credibility because he got caught in a lie. Who's going to have any confidence in his ability to to be creative because his lie was that uncreative? Who's going to be- believe he's got a creative enough mind to come up with something I'm going to want to see? And then the other thing is get a freaking marketing plan. Who are you going after with your product and figure out how to go after them? When he started at Deer Lodge, he was going after kids and moms. Now he's... It's like he, every week he changes. Yeah, he's doing that at a bar in Brandon. Yes. And then he's well, he canceled that the day of. That's right. He has canceled a lot of shows. Hey, I've canceled shows before too. And I've been in the financial peril of, hey, the way this is going, this company can't afford to keep going. It's an awfully stressful situation. And I get that Graham Keem is going through stress. But right now, I'd be clicking restart. Before I'd be investing in Flip Gordon that not enough of the market knows who he is or why he's special. If you're not prepared to educate the people of why they want to see Flip Gordon. I saw a video this week. He put it out. There was some sort of like a little promotional video with some Flip Gordon's cool moves. You so. know what? I would go away from that and I'd be put every week on, on I'd be posting YouTube clips of his greatest matches. Or get him to cut up a promo. That like, comes li- closer you know, to the show. Like just a couple right? like yes. quick little promo. But I wouldn't invest the money on Flip Gordon or his flight right now i'd invest that on the venue then if i was looking at a name and i'm about to segue to the next part of this conversation but if i was thinking about a name i'd be thinking who is a name that everybody knows and so many of them want to see i don't think flip gordon meets that criteria and that's a problem speaking of names that people do want to see our friends at the cwe Mm-hmm. And now it's something that made me go, whoa. And I, I already said, whoa, when yep. Jacques Rougeau was booked. Yep. This guy's even better. Yep. It's someone I did business with a couple of times. And I can swear on a stack of a million Bibles, this guy is extremely professional and overqualified to be on an indie show. And it's Ult- Ultimo Dragon. Coming in for what, 10 shows 10 in shows, November yeah. for the Rumble 2 Remember Tour. 
Yeah. 10 shows. That is, and that is something where from Medicine Hat all the way to Thunder Bay, Ontario, right? Yeah. yeah. Fans are, they hopefully know and remember who Ultimo is, but they're in for a treat and Mentalo's on the tour with them. I I booked uh, Ultimo Dragon against Kenny Omega twice in w, a, 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 sorry WFX, and Andrew took the opportunity on our to cost share, and he booked Ultimo against Mentalo once. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's that this is a case where Danny has taken very smartly the summer to exist and continue to keep his product strong. Knowing fall is a good time from the rumble to remember is always a very big show for him in Winnipeg. It's always a successful tour and it it's the last tour he does before he goes into his spring run or late winter run where the business is red hot. That's exactly when you want to be loading the mm-hmm. gun. Don't blow your wad in August, mm-hmm. bringing in Marty Skrull, which should have been a January investment, not a, not an August in investment. Like how spoiled are the wrestling fans in this market? Like, I mean, do you remember back in the day, there was nobody coming in before no. you had like Eddie Guerrero and honky tonk man and Brutus, the barber beefcake. There was nobody. Now you're getting Ultimo dragon, Marty Skrull, Eric Rowan, yep. a late replacement for Bushwhacker yep. Luke this past CWE. week. And you know what? That goes to show the kind of relationship Danny was able to develop. On a 24-hour notice, he got someone like Eric Rowan. Exactly. 24-hour notice, and Eric Rowan is in Winnipeg. So, I mean, like, the Probably fans... Probably cost Danny a pretty penny to get an airfare that late. Sure, but the fans are just really very fortunate to be seeing these kind of names coming through. So, you mentioned that before Eddie Guerrero, but you know who you have to thank for names... In Winnipeg, because back when I started, it was Stanton and Candelo. Candelo used to bring in names here and there. Um, but really, it was when Ernie and Bobby were head-to-head, and Ernie started to do business with ECW guys. And I think he Ernie had secured Paul Diamond, and then I guess Paul Diamond had a relationship with Sabu, and Ernie advertised Sabu, and then I became the booker for Bobby, and Bobby wasn't going to be outdone, and he knew that Winnipeg was more of a WWE town than a than in ECW town. So he said, well, if they're going to do Sabu, Jim Neidhart's in Calgary and give me a good rate, brought in Jim the Anvil Neidhart, and that lit his business on fire at the same time. And Sabu didn't show Sabu up, Sabu didn't show up, which was a major kick in Ernie's nuts. <laughs> but then Ernie came back with, I think at that time, he brought in Steve Carino right after. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which didn't have the same results as Sabu, who I, I remember that house was huge. Um, that was at La Rendezvous. Yeah. And then I think Carino was a little closer to spring, but then we brought in, we brought in, I think Carino came in and then Neidhart or maybe it was Neidhart. Then Carino was very close yeah, to each Neidhart other. was April of 01. And was Carino not later in April? I want to say he was. Cause Sabu's no show was March. Yeah. It might've been, was it May? Was it May? Maybe I'd, I have that CWF pilot. Yeah. On video. And that's when Robbie Royce beat Steve Carino for the NWA North American title. Yeah. And either way, that's what led what that's what led to me believing enough in the market to say to John Newen at the start of PCW, hey, the way to do this and win credibility in the market is give the fans big names. And it's kind of stuck ever since. And Danny made it a big part of his business plan that you need to have a name on every show or pretty much every show. When you get away from bringing in big names, it, it can be tricky, like winning credibility with your fan base. It's The whole idea of bringing in a big name is all about rewarding your fan base. And let's be honest, Danny Duggan has committed to that and 
Jacques Rougeau in September and now Ultimo Dragon in November. That's two real good rewards. And Jacques Rougeau in October. And Jacques, oh, sorry, I thought he, he, he's coming in both. Jacques he's, is coming September and October. Yep. So he's doing two shows in Winnipeg. I'm pretty sure he's on a couple a couple tours. Okay. So he. Oh yes, he's doing Winnipeg. So he did Saskatchewan already. Then he's yes. doing the Manitoba leg. Then he's doing Ontario. Yes. Three separate legs. Yeah. Okay. But like the fact that Jacques Rougeau, a legitimate Hall of Famer. He's obviously sees something here that he likes. They they're treating him well. Yeah. So the fact that he's coming back, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like he wouldn't leave Quebec if it was for you know a podunk. If it wasn't worth his time. He's starting yeah. to do a lot more appearances though. Like he he was quiet for a long time. Long time. Yeah. Uh, I I I often believe that Danny has a plan that's three or four tours ahead. You see his list. Yeah. Tessa Blanchard came out of nowhere this yeah. spring, and. He just has this ability to drop a name where everyone's like, wow. Ultimate Dragon was on that list that he sent me. Yeah. But I just didn't think, I mean, I just didn't think about it. Well, because it depends where he's flying out of how feasible that is. But if you do it over 10 shows, it's not that bad. My vote was Bob Backlund because I thought that would be funny. That would be awesome. Bees, bees. Bees, bees. See, and that's an interesting one on an autograph. Right portion of it but make you, re- make you recite all the prime ministers <laughs> yeah. before you get an autograph Ultimo, that'd be hilarious is going to give you 10 amazing yeah. matches and that's where you're getting the max value i i think it's a really great name and and kudos to danny 10 10 show tour before the pandemic he was doing 35 shows in a row and that's now crazy. now getting back to 10 it was unhealthy to try to do 35 like that is it, it's crazy the amount of travel that they were doing imagine overnight your, travel imagine what your gear smells like on show 35 yeah. or the amount of gas <laughs> like Oof. gasoline it's like the cost yeah. inflation and everything but anyway kudos to cwe on that that's as good a name as he could get i think and let, watch what happens in january he'll announce someone even bigger um on our Friends at WPW, and I say friends about everybody. I consider Graham sure. and Primo's a friend, even though you wouldn't know it from listening. Um, what is WPW up to? They just had their show. Well, they just had the, the Gold Pinfall. Eyes, right? The Winnipeg Gold Eyes, where Sweet Bobby Shank was throwing out the opening pitch. Needs to work on the pitch a little bit. The well, kind of Baba Booey did a little bit, but yeah, but uh, his whole in ring presence to me is Baba yeah. Booey in a way. Like he's not, he's not a hard hitting baby face who will bump sell and fire up and come back hard he's a character that the people believe in yeah and he's done it extremely well but they had a great setup there they had a whole little like little display with a backdrop Red Hot summer was there with yep. their tag team belts yep for the first time in all in 1995 when i broke into the local wrestling scene dancing gabe was already dancing at winnipeg jets games this is the first time he's ever acknowledged wrestling is on the level because he got a picture with Red Hot Summer. Yep, that's the, I was ex- I was amazed to see Dancing mm-hmm. Gabe posed with Ref uh, Alphonse mm-hmm. and um, Red Hot Summer. I was impressed. And yeah. I asked my wife, who used to work for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, basically how something like this can evolve. And she basically said, "There's a couple ways. One, normally, the company or whatever, you know, throws the Gold Eyes a couple bucks. Yeah." Two, for the rub. Yeah. Two, there is an already an in-game sponsor, but they don't want to participate in the uh, opening pitch or whatever, the cer- ceremonial pitch. So they might hand that off to another reputable business that they care about. Um, apparently, with neither of those scenarios happened. What happened here was, and you've a very nice email to the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. And I, I don't know when they did this or how it happened, but apparently it struck a chord and it worked and... Here we are. I have a feeling Devin really knows how to write a good email. Yeah. Because he, 
everything that happens for that company, like getting into some of the venues that they got into, yep. like the museum and getting into, but you know why that works? Because they were fans first and they weren't carny feeses. No, and before. I think they were, and when you're a carny fees, there's always some sort of, uh, undertone yeah. slimy kind of approach yeah, or You're just or, a good fan you just want to yeah. you know what i mean or the other thing is that self-entitlement that some promoters get where they think that they're a big deal and that they deserve to do what they're doing mm-hmm. i deserve to have my guy come down and throw the first pitch as opposed to asking would you ever consider doing something mm-hmm. like this we would be very happy to be a part of it either way and Devin and ben are nice guys yeah really nice guys yeah. you know that makes me think they must be hitting everyone with the humility because they are humble guys. They're both humble guys. They're not braggadocious. They're not ever putting themselves over. Didn't Devin put up a picture with a wrestler and say that they just wrestled a tag match and it went well and, and that, you know, like, didn't he put a picture up with a guy that was canceled and say they wrestled a tag team? Oh, sorry. I'm mixing up the other promoter. <laughs> sorry, guys. I was like, I'm drawing a blank I can tell by the look on your face. I, you I, no I thought this was a prank that I yeah. missed or something. Yeah, I, was well, like, I, was, oh, I was missing the punchline. Devin sleeping. didn't do that. He wouldn't do that. That's the contrast That's the point, yeah. of the two promoters. But, I mean, a, a great promotion by Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, that Winnipeg Gold Eyes tie-in that was well done. And then, of course, they were putting over their next show, Rumble um, at the Burt, and they've announced Zicky Dice, formerly of Impact wow. Wrestling, is coming in. Zicky D. Zicky D. So yeah. he had a bit of a, they actually let him go, and the reason Zicky Dice was given was budget cuts from Impact Wrestling. And there are people there who felt kind of bad for the guy because they really, they had him, they didn't use him. He was doing some of the things, but then he would show up, they wouldn't use him, and I think he was getting a little bit dis- discouraged. Yeah. So... Yeah, but I mean, good name. That's a great name, yeah. You know, I mean, had a kind of a cool character on the NWA show and uh, the Rumble at the Burt show. So there is a Rumble. Like, it's not just called Rumble at the Burt. There is a Battle Royal at the show. Oh, wow. So Chris, are you going in it? I was just going to ask you. Should we Should we run in? No. <laughs> it, so, I mean, and another thing I will no. mention, <laughs> ha- have you guys been on the WPW YouTube page? I have before because yeah. well I don't know if I it counts as being on their YouTube video or their YouTube page if you just see a video and you watch it yeah I haven't ever I don't think I've gone to their official page but I've watched videos from their YouTube so, page so they have full events on that YouTube yes. page they have clips matches uh, I would highly recommend I, I was watching um, the last show from that from the Blue Crushed show which actually I just drove by that blue. What, what, what was that place called, the outdoor venue? I don't remember, but it was a venue that was I, on nobody's radar. I just drove by it today, and I thought, wow, that's it's right off of Main Street. I really? thought, that is a cool venue, just on the side of a building. And I was watching Silesia Sparks against um, whoever that uh, woman was that she wrestled on the last show. Man, like they got like great clips, well-produced, commentary, a couple of different shoots for the cameras. Awesome YouTube page, so check I it out. I have a feeling that they, and yeah, no, don't only check it out, follow it. Yeah. and I just subs- subscribe. Subscribe. There yeah, you go. That's the word, subscribe. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling um, on YouTube. I have a feeling that they invest the most money on the little things, and it's, it's paid huge dividends for them. Like, I think there's money in the way that they do their video production. I think there's they put money into their 
into their look, the aesthetics of their ring setup and everything. And I think they put a lot more money into their actual effort to promote. Didn't you say something about they were on a TV commercial? Listen to this. I was watching <laughs> The Bachelorette. Your favorite show? I, one of my favorites. Love it. Love it. Uh, I'm looking forward to Bachelor in Paradise coming up, though. I, that is my... I, I like that one better. You're, you're but, talking to the wrong guy because okay. I have not seen a second of The Bachelor. Hey, it's a good excuse to see good-looking women in bikinis with your wife and be, oh, I love this show, honey. Oh, okay. But... Um, Invite li- me over sometime. But listen, Rumble... The, the There was a commercial for Rumble at the Burt during The Bachelorette. That's cool. How much would have that cost? Uh, I, I could tell you, and it's not probably as much as you think, but I had to rewind it's it. The, the, the actual cost is usually the production of the spot. Okay. But because they already have their footage, they would just edit together a thir- 15 or 30 second. But interesting choice of show to advertise during. I saw it's it. It's probably part of a package. I don't think they called city TV and said, we want to be on this show, this show, this show. Okay. Cause I did it with WFX in 2000 and the Jerry Lawler show. Yeah, 2008. And so what happened there was we had a ad broker contact. I remember Jeff Dick was, <laughs> he, he was, he thought I was crazy. I think we spent $10,000 on advertising. We were on four different radio stations in the free press. And I said, I wanted to be on TV on, uh, I think we were on global TV because I remember watching Saturday Night Live specifically because I knew it was coming on during that show. And we were on, I believe it was City TV. And we should have and could have done CTV with the NFL coverage. And I turned that down, even though the price per spot wasn't that bad. Hmm. Um, and I, I, so it's cost like for 500 or $1,000, you can be on 20 times probably. But a great idea. It's a great An idea. Awesome it's idea. immediate credibility. It's different now to advertise on TV though because PVR and the cutting of the commercials as much as possible, streaming, it's hard to get the same audience that you used to get on TV. But advertising as a whole is way different. It used to be you'd buy the right radio station, the right TV station, the right newspaper and all of the town heard of you. That's not that way anymore because some people only watch Netflix. Some people only read what they see online. Some people only listen to Spotify or satellite radio. It's hard. People's attention is all over the freaking place now. So to advertise, it's a lot trickier than it used to be. But it was kind of neat to see, like I was watching it and I was fast forwarding through the commercials. I go, wait a second. Was that, was that a commercial for WPW? I had to rewind it, watch it. And you know, you see. Do you have it? Well, on my PVR, I will have it. Can you get a copy of it? I'm sure, I'm sure it's probably on the WPW yeah, I'm sure, YouTube I'm page. sure if I contact yeah. Devin, well, either way, if we yeah. can find it, we're going to share it. Or maybe, hopefully, they can add it to the WPW YouTube page. It's but, probably there. But you know what's good is that, like, you know, you see all your local homegrown talent, Tyler Colton, front and center. Canada's strongest man, Tyler Colton. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just, I thought, you know, again, another great idea by our darlings. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> There you go. Um, what are we at for time, producer? 29, 29, 30 minutes. Okay, so I said that's how long we were going to go for the first segment. At this point, we're going to go to commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some Major League Wrestling, but not Major League Wrestling. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. 
visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. One of the most unique and potentially asinine things I've ever seen, and we, we missed talking about this in the first segment, so we're coming back to it. The next show for Primo's Wrestling, other than their fall fair at the Red River X, is Flipping the Script, and that's the show with Flip Gordon. And he, the promoter, Graham Keem, who's notorious for being a little out there, has decided that he, as part of his sponsorship package is doing something called Sponsor a Wrestler. I love it. Putting on my reading glasses, I'm going to talk about which wrestlers you can sponsor. This is like uh, UFC, you know, yeah. like they have Reebok sponsoring I'm going to tell athletes. you about the drawback of this in a second. You can sponsor Sweet Bobby Shink, Toxic Tyler James, Mentalo, Flip Gordon, Player One, also oh. known as Graham Keem. You can sponsor Sean Perry, the referee, Moses Luke, TJ Cannon, Billy Blaze, Adam Knight. There's our guy. Why do you have to? <laughs> Kevin O'Doyle. No, they spell O'Doyle wrong. O'Doyle or something. O'Dolly. O'Dolly. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin O'Dolly. Adrian Burton. AJ Sanchez. Jesse Nash. Or Malcolm Lovechild. And Ooh. here's what you need to know about flipping the script on this nice piece of advertising. The doors open at 7.30. Start time is 8 o'clock. It's at the Pyramid Cabaret, which is 176 Fort Street in Winnipeg. I'm not sure what day it is because they. why would they want to tell us that? <laughs> when is the date of this show? No idea. It doesn't say. Now, October 1st for those asking. Yes. Yeah. Well, we don't have to. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. So I want to sponsor a wrestler. Yeah. A B-She's wrestling Sponsor. I don't want to. I don't want to sponsor Flip Gordon. He's got to wear a, a shirt to the ring though, with like the Bishi's logo. He can't wrestle in it. I want Adam Knight. Do you know I'm going to get a refund if we sponsor Adam Knight? I'm going to get an actual refund. Okay, who because do you I'm going to tell you, as somebody that's bought in a lot of, bought it, bought purchased, and, purchased, bought in a lot of advertising. <laughs> so as somebody who's purchased a lot of advertising in my day, if you purchase something and. The delivery of that advertising is not to your satisfaction. Not as advertised, you're going to get a. You're going to be in a <laughs> position to sue. And if we sponsor Adam Knight, he is not going to put over our product. He will probably quit over it. Well, we need to find out from Graham what a sponsorship entails. Yes. there are probably levels of sponsorship: yep. gold, gold, silver. Yep. No, bronze. it's a wrestler sponsor. It's sponsor wrestler. How much to sponsor this wrestler? But they said they will announce this following contest is scheduled for one fall and is sponsored by BC no, no. Wrestling. No, 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 no. We're not sponsoring the match. I want them to go as far as to say the following contest is scheduled for one fall. Introducing first, sponsored by B. She's Wrestling, weighing in at 368 pounds from whatever town he says he's from, the outlaw Adam Knight. And his opponent sponsored by, that way if we don't like the other sponsor, I can be a little it's bit mad about that. Sponsored and, by Domo. Yes. Okay. We, Malcolm so, Lovechild. So can we agree? So just so we're clear. We are going to reach out. I have a feeling they're not going to take our sponsorship. So, but, of, but for everybody here listening to the show, 
Yeah. Just so you know. We are trying to sponsor a wrestler. We so. are going to reach out. We are going to see if we can make this happen. And you know, who knows? Maybe we might talk about primos next week. I, I got an even better idea. Maybe <laughs> we should start a GoFundMe, raise some money, and sponsor all the wrestlers. No. Every match. No. Be, this that means we're endorsing that talent. This is already big for me to endorse Adam Knight to the point where I'm going to put money on and my it's logo. Really so are a, we do are we agreed on Adam Knight? Yes. Okay. There are is yeah. there a second choice? A very distant second choice, yes. Kevin O'Dol O'Dolly. Oh, and they uh, better O'Dolly. not call him. Yeah, and I, they I sponsored based on the name O'Dolly. <laughs> I will not accept them calling him anything else. O'Dolly. So if you have a typo, you gotta you gotta be on top of that. You can't go yes. public with stuff like that. I want Kevin O'Dolly. Dolly. Um <laughs> well, I'll do it for that. Now let me tell Malcolm you what the chocolate. drawback of this okay, is. If I it. was a wrestler on this show. And a sponsor is paying is sponsoring me. Where's my cut? And no, 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 not my payoff. We already, you've already agreed to pay me X amount every time I show up. And see, listen, but I have a company that's willing to sponsor me. Yes, like a legitimate. So you're going to come to the promoter and say, "Listen, I'm willing to work for this." Yep. But you have to know that if you book me, I I carry a sponsor with me and that's my deal they, not yours they even said they would they want to they would put their logo on my on my on my trunks okay that's a different deal now primos is coming out there to advertisers and saying sponsor a wrestler okay so if i'm a wrestler let's say my name is uh hyperactive mike myers and the promoter manages to sell the sponsorship on me uh i was already guaranteed my payoff to work for you yep i want a piece of the sponsorship well, as you should. Yes. Yeah. I want at least 50%. He's sponsoring you. Yeah. I will. You can have the commission of 50% for selling it, but I want the 50% of what you got. If you so that means you're going to be giving Adam Knight money out of your own pocket. Are you okay with that? He will. You know why? I'm going to get a full refund or I'm going to take these fuckers to court. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because I bought advertising based on deliverable and they in, in not in, they took my money in good faith and he didn't deliver. So would you go to the show October 1st to see? I'm planning on going to a show anyway for them. This is I, already not going to happen because he's already talking about suing. So like, <laughs> this is we, a relationship. We, 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 ha- we haven't even given them the money yet and we're suing them. So, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> what do you think Adam Knight would say if Graham Keem comes up to him and says? Not doing it. But what Graham says, would there be any way we could make this happen? First and foremost, I'm going to I'm going to ask for certain deliverables. One, I want an Adam Knight Facebook or YouTube promo where he puts over B She's Wrestling. Thank you to B She's Wrestling yes. for sponsoring me. My favorite and podcast. I their podcast is really good. Give them a listen. They talk about me often. Right? Oh my god. Okay, so this is going long, but anyway, that's sponsor a wrestler brought to you by Primo's Wrestling. Hey. Give them credit. They're thinking outside yep. of the box. Yeah. They're sitting there it's going. It's not a bad idea. I, I used to work with Jeff Dick, and he used to ha- always be able to think of a way to create money. Literally create money. Yeah. And he would like, ah, what, what, what if we did this? I'd be like, it's unconventional, and I don't want to be associated with it. He wanted to call a wrestler billboard. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you who he he had in mind was J.J. Sanchez because the square footage of J.J.'s size yeah. meant bigger advertising space and he was going to pay to get a logo put on J.J. every show and it was going to be basically J.J. shamelessly 
promoting a brand, and he's going to be known as Billboard. Didn't he want to call uh, Harlan Abbott Bill Twitter? I called him that. Okay. And that's be, that was in 2010. Twitter was just catching on. Bees tweets. And the whole thing was he was saying things like, follow me, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it was basically... A, that would have been good, actually. It was a, it was a co- comedic gimmick, Yeah, and it was giving him something to... It was... Uh, it was giving us a reason to give him a mic to get people to care about him. Cause you put a mic on a wrestler, people will listen and try to see what character he's going to give. But so many times they'll, they'll disassociate if the guy takes himself too serious, right? Like, let me give you examples. Razor Ramon delivered a character that made people want to listen to him. Talk repo man. Didn't repo man's mm-hmm. character was that it was kind of a off the top yeah. character. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to get at with bill Twitter was basically follow me and, uh, and things like that. It was never it, happened, but repo yeah, man. Re, yeah, either way he did it on one TV, but the TV didn't air. I don't think, okay. um, but it, it was a good gimmick. Now let's change speeds here. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about why Al Snow is going to be the biggest star in the industry very shortly? We're talking about the OVW Wrestlers documentary yes. debuting September 13th on Netflix. Is it an eight, eight, eight episode series? Yes, it's going okay. to be a series. Yeah. Yes, and I think it's eight episodes. Now, let me tell you something. I believe Al Snow is one of the most articulate people in the wrestling industry. I think he's creative beyond belief. And I think that... The fact that Netflix got behind doing this because Netflix is very selective and has a track record of success with their series. This is going to explode both Al Snow and the Ohio Valley Wrestling um, Hope so. Brands. It's, it's going to be huge because they're using the same people who did the Last Chance You documentaries on Netflix. Like These are very popular uh, documentarians or whatever, so it's going to be... Perfect. It's going to be, every shot's going to be good. It's going to be crisp and you're going to be engaged. Yeah. I, I'm really interested to yeah, see it. It's going to be good. I'm now we good. talked about this. Do you remember yeah, about like I, a year ago? Yeah. When they first announced one? they were doing this, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to tell you what could happen from this. If I would imagine Ohio Valley has already tried to get a weekly series on Netflix associated to this, this puts them in a different stratosphere in terms of being able to potentially leapfrog NWA Oh, yeah. And Major League Wrestling to get a TV deal. I don't think they can quite leapfrog impact that I think is next in line. Um, their stars are going to be more brandable because, hey, Cobra Kai is a Netflix co- property. Um, Ozark was a, no- a Netflix property. Every property on Netflix, somebody, Glow was a, was a yes, property was. on Netflix. There is going to be, there's so many homes that have Netflix. Like it's huge. And Ohio Valley will be something that every wrestling fan that has Netflix is going to check it out. It's going to be a resurgence for Al Snow, who's over, I think he's over 60 years old. And just turned 60. Insane shape. Oh, he's, I don't think he's going to automatically go on another run, but I think he's probably going to turn this into some appearances. He looks ready for a run. I don't know, man. Like you see, he looks way better than he ever did in his career. Yeah, he's in really good shape right now. So I'm excited. Jesse Goddard is in the teaser, so I'm sure he's going to be featured on the show which I know how he can be in terms of tying his his personality from Big Brother into television. It's usually he's got to believe in it, and I have a feeling he believes in this. You know what's funny, though, is there's, there's been so many rein, reincarnations of OVW, like from originally when it had no affiliation with WWE to when it had the developmental program to when it left the developmental program. And then it kind of, like the last couple of years, it's kind of been... 
almost like dying on the vine a little bit, right? And I think this could be something really good because like a lot of the talent that we've seen in the trailer, I don't know who these guys are no. and, these, and these girls. I've never even heard of these people. But I mean, if Al Snow is training them, you know they're going to be good in the ring. And you know what? I I hope some of these guys that maybe are led in the back door maybe watch a couple of these episodes yeah. and see what real training was. Because I remember I was in OVW and I had a week camp there and they don't mess around down there. So. It's going to be um, different than tough enough because I think they're going to use, they're going to use story differently. Like one of the stories in the series is um, Al Snow not knowing how to run a business or and save they, money and the investors yeah. not liking that, which been, I think is a work. I think parts of this are obviously well, a work. You right? don't, somebody went there and thought, Hey, for this to work, this is the, this is the dramatic arc. This is the storyboard. And, and that's you just like it. when I was at tough enough season three, the same thing, right? They want you to do all these calisthenics and these exercises. They want you to do a promo, but then you sit down with a psychologist and this is the only part that matters. They have a psychologist there? They want to know about your life. And what they're looking for is how feased up you are because it has to translate to good television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're too normal, and this is where I realized I was licked. Yeah. I was licked when I went to talk to the psychologist because I was too normal. <laughs> I nailed all the I nailed all the spots. I nailed all the exercises. I nailed the promo. Um, they liked the way I looked. I was too normal. So they felt that it wouldn't have been as entertaining on television. And halfway through that interview, I realized that. You were too this, ordinary. And Yeah. And then I was too, I was like thinking. So I tried to kind of backpedal a little bit and spice things up a little bit. But at that point, I, I pretty much knew. Dig up some old trauma. Yeah, Just exactly. Yeah. You know so getting back to this, it's got to be good television too. You, you know? know what's disappointing to me about this is that one of the first major people to get Ohio Valley on the map was Jim Cornette. Yep. And he won't be a part of it. Rip Rogers, who trained mm-hmm. during their heyday, mm-hmm. won't be a part of this. Al's great, but it, that show would have been better having Cornette somewhere attached to it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be good. I can't wait to check it out. I think it debuts in early September. September 13th there on Netflix. Excited about that. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to go one episode a week or if they're going to, like Cobra Kai, they release the whole series at once. I don't know if they're going to batch drop it. I'm not sure how the- What's it called? Uh, batch drop. Is they when go- they drop the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're going to do that, if they're going to do, I do think it week you, by week. They I c- might have to, for binge purposes, get it out there. I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of streaming services that are going back to this uh, serial once a week. You well, get Yellowstone episode. did it after, yeah. Ye- like, because Yellowstone became so, must-see TV. Or sometimes they'll do, like, four episodes, and then the next four will be uploaded in I th- a month. I think this will be a batch drop, now that I'm thinking about it, because it is not super well-known yet. But if it if it gets over and there's a second series, it might be a, you know, week-to-week situation. All right. Now, I want to ask you guys... If it is in fact true, Adam Copeland is done in WWE and about to sign with AEW, how big of a star will he be in AEW? I don't think there's any He's gonna validity sign. to that at all. I think it's happening. I, I it's don't know, such a hot rumor, but I was seeing on social media two weeks ago that Jay Uso is going to AEW, and he, there's not that's no, not, that's not happening. He released a video basically saying. Hey guys, WWE gave me a contract extension. I can sign it if I it's want. It's in my to. inbox. Yeah, is basically what he said. I mean, 
I think that, if anything, though, is him creating more hype well, on his next move, which could very well be to that, debut at AEW. That's what I've heard as well. But, of course, it's just rumor and dirt sheets and whatnot, rumor and innuendo, as they say, but that he is was made an offer by WWE, but it wasn't to the level he felt. I also would. heard that he set his price, and they said that's too high. That's exactly what I'm getting at. And, and that AEW has made overtures already, basically saying, hey, you know, okay, so we've got the purse well, here. Regardless, okay. it, well, in WWE's defense, they're going to look at this and look, do they want to have edge? Yes, they do. Was his three years that big for them? No, it, it, it well, they signed him and right then before he, COVID. Yeah, and then he was in an angle that he that didn't go the way he wanted it to. Well, he got injured. He was hot before he got injured. When he came back. With Randy Orton, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then there was the angle with him and who, I can't remember who they had him with and it. It well, got, he did the greatest wrestling match ever at yeah. Backlash 2020. And Wasn't he a part of a three-man click for a bit? Well, he was in Judgment Day. Uh, originally, yeah, for yeah, a bit. He started Judgment Day, right? right. But, I mean, like it, it, it hasn't been used well. No. Um, but WWE, listen, let's just call it the way it is. He's a bit player, right? Yeah. He's going to be 50 years old. He's got good name value recognition. He's probably not going to go on the road full-time. So they're probably going to say, we'd love to have you. This is the place to be. You started here, you ended here. Here's what the offer is. And if he thinks he's worth more, which he can for sure get more from those marks in Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah. Right? So So let's play fantasy booker. But, let's but, assume it's true and he's going. How big of a star will he be in all elite? Well, he can't be edge. No, but right? Adam Copeland is still Adam Copeland. Sure, sure he is. Right? They call him Hedge. <laughs> but I mean <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like the do, wrestling you, do you trust that Tony Khan knows how to book this guy? Well, I think he's going to be such a super big mark for him. He's probably going to put him in a main event angle. Honestly, MJF versus Edge is a lot more appealing. Adam Copeland is a lot more appealing to me than Adam Cole against MJF. It also matters what where he goes. Like, as we've seen, Collision is not the same show as Dynamite. Okay, so, so if he signs and he, he says, hey, I'd like to work with the with CM Punk or the guys on Collision. He'll want to work with the young guys. It's a different Or he story. might want to work with FTR. If he wa- yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they're, he, they're buddies. If yep. he wants to work on, Di- or if he ends up working on Dynamite with people. Yeah, but you're yeah. just throwing intangibles in. But here's yeah, a Collision is more. Things in town. Collisions more yeah. than nostalgia show. That's the, how they positioned it. Yeah. Dynamite's the more. If newer. I'm fantasy booking Adam Copeland to AEW, I'm getting him into the angle with MJF. He's going to be hot enough that that match is going to be extremely appealing to the fan base. I put him over for the title. I have him then wrestle uh, Moxley, and I put him over on Moxley. I then have a babyface champion who's red hot. And I have a good crew of heels to run up against him, and I either get it back on MJF or I I run that for Brian Danielson. Um, yep, when he's healthy, you know. There's Chris Jericho, although I wouldn't do Jericho versus Edge. You might have Christian turn on him, and it's Christian versus yeah. Edge. But you know what's funny though? Remember when WWE used to bury Hogan for going to WCW when he turned forty? Edge is 50. Jericho. AJ's 46. Yeah. Like, all these guys are, yeah. like, well, getting it's a, up there. Yeah, but people age differently now. Yeah. And I heard a theory that's because there's no such thing as public smoking anymore. The people age differently. I don't know what it is. I hope it's true. Well, look, TR, look, TRT? Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to live 100%. to 90. Look at John Tanta. 
Earthquake, when he joined WWE, he was, what was he? 26. 26, and he looked like a 50-year-old trucker. Look at Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson has looked like a 50-year-old trucker his entire life. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, even Hogan at 40 looked old because he had the skullet. Well, he was off the geese, yeah. and he lost, he was down to 275 pounds. But you look at a guy like L.A. Knight, for example, and put him next to John Tenta, like, come on. Speaking yeah. of L.A. Knight... If you're Cody Rhodes, how scared are you going into WrestleMania? You know you're losing the wind in your sails is not blowing strong enough. You're hoping WWE creative can figure out a way to keep you strong enough that you get to rumble where the decision gets made. Yep. If you're WWE, you're thinking, hey, LA Knight versus Roman has a certain cachet, and you're thinking Cody versus Logan Paul is your is your last chance for Cody to come out strong. Yeah. And you decide if LA Knight is LA Knight is ready to take it from Roman Reigns. Now something to consider, and I was talking to a friend of the show, Spider, about this this week. Every 10 years at WrestleMania, there's a reset. Every 10 years. WrestleMania 10, reset with Brett, the new generation. WrestleMania 20, reset with Guerrero and Benoit. That didn't work. But it was a reset. WrestleMania 30, reset with Daniel Bryan. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania 40, is there going to be a reset? Could it be with LA Knight? Could it be with Cody? Would LA Knight kind of be their throwback to what, you know, the, they like a charismatic baby face, Hogan, Rock, yep. Austin. And moving... Ratings, yeah, moving merchandise, and, and it, not just getting pops in sporadic arenas. Yeah, so he's getting attitude era pops. Here's All key. Here's the reality things to consider for them right now. They have to look at it and say, if we double down and say, who cares? We're going with Cody. They almost have to have Cody win it and turn heel and work the program with LA Knight after, but they can't. The money is going to be, if if all trends continue to the Royal Rumble the way they are today, which is five months from now, how how can they stop L.A. Knight? Is Cody, Lex Luger, and L.A. Knight Bret Hart? Hmm. Bad example, because I think actually L.A. Knight has the potential to be more like Steve Austin against Shawn Michaels. But L.A. Knight hasn't really stumbled. He stumbled a little bit on a few promos lately. Yeah, I, I saw one recently. But, like... It's organic. It's natural. The crowd likes them, right? So I mean, like, I don't know. I I, I don't know what to, what to think about that one. But I I mean, I, I think WrestleMania forty. I think we can all agree that it, that's going to be the time for Roman Reigns to lose the WWE championship. Not necessarily. Yeah. Well, if you're not yeah. sure which baby, if if either or both baby faces start to come down from where they are today. Then you keep going with Roman. But remember, people the, were hot after WrestleMania last year. Roman didn't lose to Cody. And now in retrospect, like we said right here on BC's Wrestling, it was the right decision. Six months later, the, the product's hotter. Yeah. yeah. It, it was hot then. It's yeah. hotter now. Yeah. And I think what they have to do is realize they've gotten as much out of Cody as they possibly can. I don't think they can get Cody hotter than he is right now. And I think that's as the number two babyface. Nothing wrong with that spot. Rock Rock Austin had to jockey with one and two babyface spot. Jer uh, Benoit and Guerrero jockeyed with the one and two babyface spot. Michaels and Hart did it for a brief period. They couldn't coexist in that role. As long as Cody can accept the number two babyface spot, he still makes a ton of money. And like Hogan Savage, 
we're one and two babyface. Hogan Warrior. It's very hard for that to coexist. Cody has to accept. Hey, it's LA Knight's time. I Cody's still, younger than him. I still think it's going to be Cody. I think that there's something about LA Knight that's just. I just think there's something there that's causing them to be a little. Well, interestingly iffy on enough, it. about LA Knight, Billy Corgan was asked recently that during his time as the TNA or Impact Booker, why didn't they go harder with Eli Drake at the mm-hmm. time? And he said, you know, as he was a big, he pushed hard for for LA Knight all the time. But there was always something pushed back where it was maybe size. Which makes no sense. No, his, his look is, in my opinion, he's got a better look than Cody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan of Cody's look. I'm not a big fan of Cody's delivery on his promos. The reason Cody failed in AEW as a top guy was because his promos were, he was trying to be a work of art and not anywhere near reality. And that's where you speak of organically for LA Knight. Yeah. There's an element of reality in what he says. He believes what he's saying. He's not trying to deliver it. He believes it. He's on everything. He was on breakfast television in Toronto prior to SmackDown. He's doing all the talk shows. That I mean, means the WWE PR knows how hot he is, and that's a scary thought for for Cody. Yeah, it's going to be time. Royal Royal Rumble. Will be interesting. You'll know. You'll know. Probably. Well, it, they'll probably keep it so strong between Cody and LA Knight as the favorites, and they'll make the decision the week of. Yep. That's going to be when they make the decision. What else do we got on our on our slate? Did you see um, Impact Wrestling was advertising for their next pay-per-view on Dynamite in Canada? Really? Did you catch that? I did not. I did not see that. So, I so re- on TSN. TSN in Canada. On the actual broadcast. On the broadcast. I rewound it, and they're talking about, I believe the next show is Emergence, if memory this serves Sunday. me correct. Yeah, and they were advertising um, Impact Wrestling on AEW Dynamite, which yeah. is interesting to me. They're in Toronto. Were they advertising the live event aspect of it, or was it the pay-per-view to the whole country? This is the pay-per-view. So they weren't saying buy your tickets and come to the event. They were saying get your contact fight TV to get your paper. No, I think they, I think they were advertising tickets as well. Okay. Yeah. So they're trying to push. I think that's probably a late push on the, cause they yeah. sold out Toronto last time they were there. Yeah. So they probably are getting close to a sellout and want to push yeah. the push it that way. Interesting move. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand this. Leonard Asper used to own Canadian broadcasting with global television. He was the third largest network self-made. Well, the family was, I don't understand why he can't go to say global television or go to a carrier in Canada and say, I want my television show on maybe Mm -hmm. not on Thursday nights in prime time, but carry it Saturday night at six right now. You can ask him. He's he's your buddy. Well, I could send him an email and ask, but I don't think he's going to give me a direct, here's the business plan, don't tell anybody. He'll say, I thought you told me Scott was the guy. Scott is the guy. <laughs> Scott has done an amazing job this year. I told them that you were putting them over. I Well, I'm sure, I, I think it actually got to Scott two ways. <laughs> you and Leonard actually, I think, told him. But here's the thing with, Leonard was at the football game on, on Thursday too. But I didn't see him. I saw his best friend. Anyway, here's what I will say about what Impact needs to do in Canada if they're going to advertise on on Dynamite is take a look at Canada and realize Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton, 
are all extremely strong markets for WWE. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg, Toronto, and Montreal are already very strong markets for all elite. I would argue that their July run in Western Canada wasn't what they hoped it would be. Right. If Impact was to make a move and and focus, Winnipeg could be a 2,000-person draw for them, which is up from a lot of their cities. I've been begging them to come here for so long. Yes. It's and the flights that's Yes, that's getting the them to Winnipeg. So what they would almost have to do is figure out a way to do a house show that's viable in Fargo or Grand Forks. Oh, remember the TNA house I shows? I loved it. I oh, loved those it. were the we best. We used to road trip to Fargo. and We did Fargo one year in Grand Forks. Yes. Grand Forks one year and Fargo the next. That was the best. You guys watched me shop for shoes for four hours. Yeah, hung over. Either way. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> Impact has had a great year. They still have a ton of momentum, and they have made the best use of the, out of their roster, and that's why they're in the conversation. Someone asked me about Jordan Grace, where they think she's going to show up. I, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised she hasn't been signed already, to be honest. She'll be back in Impact. Yeah? yeah. You don't think she'll? Uh, no. Why do you think she's not getting a look by All Elite or WWE? Uh, probably for reasons I can't say on a podcast. But Fair. Um, I think I think she takes uh, she takes a lot of she's online. Yes. Like, she whenever does. she posts something. She gets just absolutely crucified by the trolls online, so I think that really kind of wears her down. I, well, I bet, and I think she just needed a little bit of a break. She's a great talent. Yeah, so, she'll be like, back in Impact Wrestling. Uh, that's why I'm surprised that you know WWE would love to have somebody like her. I you'd think she's a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, um, create creatively, but uh, I mean, she's a hell of a talent. She's different. Yep, you know, and different is good. I am feeling hungry. What time is it? It's time now for the Mary Brown's Mailbag. Mary Brown's Chicken Crave Delicious Crave Canadian. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba-grown potatoes hand-cut in-store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in-store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. We got two questions in the mailbag this week. You can get yours on by going to our social, sending us a message, or commenting on a post. You can also send a voice clip to us. Yeah, you can do that too. Yeah, actually, all you have we to might do play it. Yeah, all yeah, yes, that's the point. If you send us a voice clip to our inbox at totalbeesshees at gmail.com. or on Facebook. Yeah, or on Facebook, we will use the audio and ask the question in the Mary Brown's mailbag. All right, first question coming in from longtime listener to the show, Travis. He's asking. Robbie Royce has been around for a long time and wrestled a lot. How important has Robbie Royce been to the Winnipeg independent wrestling scene? So I'm going to go first because I've known Mm -hmm. him the longest. So as far as I know, Robbie Royce broke into the wrestling business in Winnipeg in 1991, Mm -hmm. working for Walter Shefchuk's new brand wrestling. By 1993, when I became aware of him, he was wrestling under a mask for River City Wrestling, and he was already working on Tony Candelo's TV. And when I broke into the business in 1995, there was two guys that looked out for me and helped me. And one of them was Vance Nevada. The other one was Robbie Royce. So I have a very special place in my heart for Robbie Royce. In-ring talent, exceptional. Um, His ability creatively to put together a match and to visualize what he wanted to do, to understand what what his opponent could do, to tie it into a real good story. 
unbelievably talented. I can't put it into words, and I can put anything into words. That's how good he was. As a booker. And, and is. Yes. At, well, yes. As a booker, as an influencer, he had an impact on every element of the wrestling game. Now, interestingly enough, him and I had two of the healthiest egos in Winnipeg wrestling, and that's why <laughs> after 2001, we don't work together mm-hmm. on anything. Barely, I don't think I worked with him. No. He didn't do PCW. Nope. He didn't do AWE. Well, he did after we, we yes. were gone. Yes, he didn't do AWE. No. Nope. He didn't do WFX. No, like nope. I've, I haven't worked with him since... I didn't work with him in 2001. I was fired as T. I was a ring announcer, but so I didn't work with him since Power Pro Wrestling when he power when he pile drove Chad Ripley off the second rope. But it doesn't mean I didn't respect him. It just meant that we had two very healthy egos and we couldn't get on the same page. But his talent, exceptional. I can't put it into words. Yeah, I I haven't. Uh, I always had a ton of respect for him and still do. We had a very we had a bit of a clash too. You remember very yes, vividly what yes. happened there, and maybe that's a story. Two thousand one. Yeah, maybe that's a story for another uh, day. But and I think we've talked about it in passing. But um, as far as listen, um, the, the the for someone listening to this podcast and they don't know who Robbie Royce is, I'll basically put it to you this way: in the ring, he reminds me of Shawn Michaels by design. Like he, that's, that was his favorite wrestler. He's Shawn Michaels. I yeah. mean, that's basically. If you like Shawn Michaels, you're going to like Robbie Royce. He does all this. like, And I'm not saying he's a copy. I'm saying he's that good. He's that good here locally. So if you can get a chance to see Robbie Royce, and uh, won't be for primos, I, I, I guess, but uh, if you get a chance to see Robbie Royce, take it because uh, he's been doing this a long time, and who knows how much longer he'll be doing it. All right. The second question. You don't have an opinion on him? Uh, I like Robbie Royce a lot. I only, you know, dealt with him in passing in PCW, but when I got to PCW, I was really focused on trying to get some ring time, like not on shows to get better. And Robbie Royce took a little bit of time to help me out. Not a ton of time, but he took some time to help me out. I asked him and he said, absolutely. And he helped me out. And I always appreciated that. I always had a lot of respect for him. I thought he was so freaking good in the ring. And I just, I honestly, when I kind of bumped into him first with PCW, I was like, why is this guy not like a bigger deal? Like, why was he, like, I thought he was so good that he should be known from coast to coast type things. So, he needs to have a training school. Yeah. He, we need to, we need to just keep bugging him about getting yeah. a training school done. I think he would produce some great students. All right. Second question from Cole. He's saying, with the untimely passing of Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt, is he an automatic Hall of Fame inductee now for this year? I think he goes into the Hall of Fame. I don't think they have to rush this. For one, like it's a tragic story that he dies at 36 years old. Yeah. And I don't I think there was a lot more there was a lot more in that tank um to do a lot of great things in his career. Yeah. Um I remember his Very sad. program with The Undertaker. I also think when he was like the leader of the of the cult like Wyatt family, he yeah. was the best he was. That was the best he ever was. I think WWE Creative didn't do him any favors letting him create a character that was so uh, almost over the top and outlandish. But in ring mechanically extremely talented from such a great family, Barry Windham, Blackjack Mulligan, Mike Rotunda, all people who are his family. 
Bo Dallas. Yeah. Bo Dallas, and it's yeah. Um, Bo Leaf. It's sad because of the age, but it's also the untapped potential. I think what they should do is I don't think they should rush him into the Hall of Fame. I think they should do it a couple more years down the road. I think they probably have somebody in mind for Philadelphia that's going to be their main guy. Paul Heyman. Perfect guy. I would imagine, yeah. Don't bury Bray underneath that just for the sake of getting Bray in there. Do that and don't do it. If you do it too quickly, it looks like it's obligation, right? And there's so many great people who aren't in the Hall of Fame. Demolition. Sid. Do you want to argue on that one? <laughs> Demolition deserves it more than Sid. Sid deserves it just as much. No, come no. on. Demolition? Yeah. Well, are you going to put Crush in? No. Are you going to put Master, Master Fuji in? How about Blast? Remember Blast yes, on the Indies? he should be in. Blast. Axe, Smash, Crush, and Blast? Either, uh-huh. I'm the biggest Bill Eady fan in the world, yeah. right? I think, I think nope. they belong in there. But anyway, you tell me what you think. With Bray Wyatt, okay. Is, okay, first of all, He's 36 years old. He's passed away tragically. He had uh, pre-existing heart conditions, exacerbated from COVID. Um, we don't know what happened there. This, it, this has just occurred as we're recording this, and it's tragic and heartbreaking and so sad. And, um, you know, I, I don't even know what to say about it. Um, I've never met Bray Wyatt, but from everybody that I've spoken to who knows him, Talk about what a great guy he is. Uh, what a great you know father, great talent, good friend. And I think that's the most important thing when you are talking about somebody like Bray Wyatt. Um, I was never a Bray Wyatt guy. Like you said, Mike, I liked him when he was in the Wyatt family in NXT. Um, when he was on television, the character did absolutely nothing for me. And in fact, I fast forward it every time he was on. I just, it did nothing for me. And People were talking how he's a creative genius and this was the best character and this was so interesting and I just didn't get it. I don't think you could relate to it. Maybe I maybe I couldn't. I just didn't get it. So um, is he going to go in the WWE Hall of Fame? Yes. Is he going to go this year? No, it's too soon. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? I would say right now, no. Just based on historical significance and contributions to the business, what has he you know, really done. And I, I'm not saying that to be harsh or mean, but I mean, granted, like there are people like Pete Rose who are in the hall of fame and the hall of fame is a work anyway. So we know Bray Wyatt will go in there, but I mean, I don't know if he moved the needle enough to warrant that if it was a legitimate hall of fame, but we all know it's not. So he will go in, but regardless, the fact of the matter is, um, horrible tragedy. Um, it was, it was a sad week in wrestling too. Cause yeah. the day before Terry Funk, yeah. Passes away 79 years old. And you can almost deal with that one because of all the health yeah, issues. And like, it's almost like it expected. Had a good run. Yeah. And like, you know, we saw pictures of Terry Funk and he didn't look great. And, you know, but it's just. The man, thing it's about, exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Thing, Every week having to come yeah. on these podcasts and talk about, you know, what's go- what's going to happen next week for episode 71. Like, we don't know. Yeah. For Terry Funk, it's unique because of all the guys that were really big deals and Terry was an influencer and Terry was a world champion and Terry basically built ECW. Yep. If you think about it, Terry Taylor around the time he went to ECW was turning down an offer to go and help run WCW. He was a humble person who always was generous with his time and treated everyone with a high level of respect. Mm -hmm. 
I listen to John Arezzi's podcast and sometimes they'll have Terry Funk interviews from the early 90s. He had nothing but time for people and he was so humble mm -hmm. and so great. And he was a visionary in wrestling because he could see what was the, what the trends were, were shaping up to be. He knew when, um, I think it was when Joe Blanchard's South, Southwest Championship Wrestling aired on, or no, it was actually when turn, when, uh, WCW out of Atlanta or Georgia championship wrestling out of Atlanta started airing in his home territory of Texas. He called up Dory and he said, we need to sell because now that cable TV is going to bring TV into our territory, we're going to be, it's creating a new competition and let's get out now. And he was able to sell. And then he spotted, you know, the WWE phenomenon in 1985. He was there in 86. He was there. And then he goes to chase acting shows up in WCW in 89 has the program with flair, which might've been flair while well, flair did steamboat and, and funk the same year. Mm -hmm. That might've been Terry's best work. Then he goes quiet again, shows up and basically carries ECW. His credibility carries ECW into a national promotion yeah. from a Philadelphia bar company to, to a pay-per-view company is on Terry funk's back. His legacy as a, as a, for his influence, there might have been very few bigger. And that's what made that story sad. So yep. that's the Terry Funk story, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and, and Terry Funk, and is, I mean, is Terry Funk even in the WWE Hall of Fame? Because if he's not, you know he's going to go in in Philadelphia this year for WrestleMania. Or, I, or they'll wait till they get back to Texas. Yeah. I believe he's in, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. Like, I certainly hope he is. See, that's the problem with this Hall of Fame. Yeah. In a, in a normal world, You'd say, Terry Funk, he's in. But because they have these weird, yep. like, they'll get into, like, what? Uh, 2009, both him and Dory went in. Okay, okay. Good, good. Good, okay. So uh, All right. Good. But they'll get into these weird ones where it's like, you'll hear a guy's in, and you're like, what in the world are they doing in the Hall of Fame? Like, Coco Beware. Coco Beware. Like, don't get me wrong, Coco Beware, been around a long time, you know, but, like, what was his historical impact on the business? He he, uh, Bray Wyatt deserves to be in more than Coco Beware. Absolutely, yeah, I would I agree a hundred percent. Bray Wyatt's a world champion. Yeah, like yeah. three-time world. Yeah, world, yeah world that champion. carries you a certain distance. But anyway, yes. But you know, when we talk about Terry Funk, on one final point, we talk about the Mount Rushmore. You know, we always talk, you know, Hogan, you know, Andre, Flair, Shawn Michaels. It, no one ever says Terry Funk. I don't think Terry quite gets there. Right, but what I'm saying is, look at that. Like that's why that is that's an impossible question to answer. Oh yeah, because right? to get to four, like come on, how do you do that? Well, I can give you four right now. Well, it goes we, Hogan, Flair, Austin, and you got to go Rock. Yeah, they're I mean, they're, and even Flair doesn't necessarily fit. It just depends on what your criteria yep. is, too. I think who set the record with box office. But yeah, I, I even think if, even short term. In mine, I had Andre the Giant on there. He yep. definitely had a big impact on box Look office. Look at Rowdy Roddy Piper, yep. another one, right? Like, there's so many. That's why it's a, that's such a hard question. It's to an answer. impossible it because there's no criteria yeah. to, to justify it. It is an anyway, impossible. Question. It's now time for the event center. And what do we, what do you got for us this week? There's a lot happening. This is your Bishi's Wrestling Event Center. We start in British Columbia, Friday, September 1st to September the 3rd. 365 Pro Wrestling will be in action at a location to be announced. Saturday, September 2nd, Dusk Pro Wrestling is in Vancouver. We shift to Alberta, Friday, September 1st, Monster Pro Wrestling is in Edmonton. 
Saturday, September 2nd, Monster Pro Wrestling returns to Fort McMurray. And Sunday, September 3rd, Monster Pro Wrestling is in Smith. We shift to Saskatchewan, where Friday, September 1st, Ringside Wrestling is in Regina. And Saturday, September 2nd, Real Canadian Wrestling is in Fort Capel. And that is your BG's Wrestling Event Center. The Manitoba Wrestling Promoters are letting us down. Nine events in the Event Center and nothing in the province of Manitoba. In the next seven days, I'm sure Graham Keem is going to do something that makes us go, what the fees? And we'll have something to talk about with him. Or maybe he'll lay low. And, and we'll have to find something to talk And we'll have to, to get about. creative. This has been the third week in a row that he's that done he led, something. That yeah. he did something that we could not avoid talking about first. What will it be for episode 71? Lay low, Graham. I, I'll lay tell low. you what he should do. Is get a venue that you're proud of. It's simple. Simple as this. Take your advice. You gave him three points. He won't. Anyway, for uh, how do I want to end this? In between time and nah, that I used Ed Whalen a couple of shows ago. Govern yourself accordingly? There you go. All right, fans, we're standing by here with Terry Fuck. Rick Flair has said that on July the 1st, right here on Superstation TBS, he will make his announcement whether to surrender the championship or to defend the championship. But I'll tell you this. Off the record, he said he was going to take care of you one way or the other somewhere down the line, my friend. Oh, let me tell you something, Jim Ross, and you simple-minded people. I had a dream last night. Oh, yes, and it was a beautiful dream. I dreamed that I was on the front porch of the Double Cross Ranch and my father, who's long since gone, was there in a swing, swinging with me. And up drove a long black limousine. And the left front fender was dented in. And the door opened and out stepped a beautiful lady. And my daddy said, woman, what happened to your left front fender? And she says, I ran over some kind of an animal on the road. I don't know what it was. My daddy said, well, what did it look like? And she says, well, it had great big ears, and it had nostrils, big, huge nostrils, about five inches apart. And it had horse teeth, and it smelled real bad. And my daddy said, my world, girl, you must have ran over a jackass. And I said, what did it smell like? She said, it smelled like hairspray and cheap cologne. I said, woman, you didn't run over any jackass. You ran over Ric Flair. Is he dead? She says, no. But the last time I saw him, he was running scared. Well, let me tell you something, Ric Flair. You look at me in the eye because I am looking at you. You realize that you must live not in the future, because there is none. You must live in the past. Give up that belt or else stick your neck out one more time for me. Stick it out for me, Flair, you gutless individual. I'm talking to you. That's enough. Stick it out. Stick it out. We're not going to listen anymore to this, fans. We'll be back with the Steiners.